everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Stranger Things. Today we'll be covering the second episode from Season 3, titled Chapter 2, The Mall Rats. Mall rats. They're full of them. Oh, that's weird. You know, I just now, just now made that connection to the rats in the episode, to oh, yeah, the mall yeah. rats and the kids in the episode. That literally just snapped in my brain <laughs> when I read the word rats here on that's the funny. agenda. That's crazy. It's weird how that works, right? Um, I'm really excited to talk about this episode. But first, a word from this week's sponsor. Yeah, so as we're going through this next season, you can catch up with some of your favorite Stranger Things character as the season three is beginning by diving into the official Stranger Things books. We have Stranger Things Darkness on the Edge of Town by Adam Christopher, which follows Chief Jim Hopper as he reveals long-awaited secrets to Levin about his old life as a police detective in New York City, confronting his past before the events of Stranger Things. We have Stranger Things Runaway Max by New York Times bestselling author Brianna Yavanoff is a gripping emotional prequel to Stranger Things. This never-before-told backstory of Dig Dug Maven, Max Mayfield, explores her past, the good and the bad, as well as how she came to find her newfound sense of home in Hawkins, Indiana. Stranger Things, Darkness on the Edge of Town, and Runaway Max are on sale now, wherever books and audiobooks are sold. So sweet, and what a great time to start on those. Yeah, we've got lots of people telling us about them getting them, so like I said, I'm excited to hear about them, I'm excited to read them myself. I'm hearing good things, yes. And, you know, uh, we all need to just take a breather uh, and just have some reading time. Let's turn off the TV. Or, hey, put in the audiobook in a clean house. <laughs> I don't know. That, that kind of sucks. No, don't clean house. Go wash your car or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let's get into our top five because, golly, th- th- so much goodness to discuss. I'm going to go ahead and start off our top five this week. I, I want to say, can someone please just play some D&D with Will? I know, right? Please. <laughs> like, he is hounding on that. That poor kid. I mean, teenage hormones right now in episode two, and of course we saw it in, in episode one, teenage hormones have taken over. Um, and poor Will, he just needs his friends. Yeah, that's what he's craving so much right now. Um, and and I so relate to Will in this episode. He is mood. He just wants to do something with his friends, you know, that they all love doing. And he just wants to spend time together with them. And everyone else is all caught up in their own drama. Um, and it really stinks because I, I think that what they are eventually going to learn, and I don't necessarily think it's going to be in the show. I'm just kind of, you know, um, thinking in the context of like putting yourself in, in your shoes and when you're that age um, and when you have these things going on that I, I, you definitely kind of learn you can do both. You can play games with your friends and also spend time with your sweetheart. Um, But unfortunately, many of us kind of learn that lesson too late after these friendships have broken off. Mm -hmm. Everyone's kind of moved in different directions or formed other friendships, formed other cliques, groups, or what have you. Um, And I mean, how sad was that when they just went and left him in in the basement? Yeah, he's like, I almost got it set up, guys. And they leave. Yeah. This is kind of, I mean... 
when uh when Tiffany and I first started dating, I was playing D and D, and I kind of left that group when Tiffany and I were starting to get more serious because mm-hmm. girls will do that. It's like, well, I could play D and D with you guys, or I can make out with this hot chick. Uh, sorry, guys. Hot oh, yeah. chick wins. Were you the only guy with a hot chick in the, in your D and D? Were they were y'all just a bunch of nerds, or well, was it pretty? The rest of them were married, so they're like, we want to oh, break okay. from our hot chicks. <laughs> they were on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I was. I thought maybe you were talking like younger teenager selves or something. So um, I forgot no, that you meant, that you meant like Tiffany when you were five older. Five years so. ago. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really kind of sad. that, And I think that that is something that, you know, we all probably went, either we were going through it in the, in the viewpoint of like Mike and Lucas, who were kind of, you know, hey, they've got girlfriends. And man, when you are young and in love and the hormones are raging, you just feel like you're on top of the world, mm-hmm. you know? So they're, they're just really in it. And, and they haven't quite learned yet, like that you can kind of have a balance. You don't have to just go this one way, you know, and focus all of your attention on your relationship and your girlfriend and, you know, that you can still have a balance and spend time with your friends and have a good time with them and still spend time with your girl. And, um, it just makes me feel so bad for Will. I'm just, I just want to, I, I just like want to scream at the TV. And sometimes I kind of do, I was like, well, someone please play with this poor kid. Just please. I know that those D and D games can go quite long into the night. Right. Um, yeah, but, but come can, on, can't you, you can, can't you, can't you do short ones? Tell me you yeah, played, you can, you can cut out an hour or two and do a, a little small campaign and they're all very continuous. So you don't have to necessarily finish the game in one night. You can, you know, do little pieces here and there. Like when you leave the Monopoly board sitting overnight, yeah, yeah, exactly. like you finally, like it's four in the morning and you're like, we got to get some freaking sleep here and you don't want to wrap it up. So you come back to it later. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good to know. So see, can you just start a little campaign, play for a couple hours, give your Betty Will. Poor Will, you know, has just, I feel like he's lost out on so much in the last two years, you know, let this poor kid have some of his childhood. So I don't know. That's, that was my top five is please someone with Will. Well, I think uh, we know that one of the guys is going to have a little bit more time on his hands because <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he, you know, I, I, it's kind of Hopper's fault to an extent, I guess, but uh, I just love the fact that we get a dump your ass in this. So, oh, you know, that was so good. Oh, yeah. I, I love the little montage between Max and Eleven, you know, running around there going shopping. She's telling them, like, hey, there's more to the world than boys, and you get a great montage. Like, you were actually talking about how, like, you'd hope they didn't blow all their movie or their music budget in episode one. Mm-hmm. And we get all kinds of stuff. Like, when she says it, like, I dump your ass. Best, Cold like, as ice. yeah, like, that's the best <laughs> breakup song ever, right there. Um, so, I really like that we get to see Elle kind of become that teenage kid. You know, she's. You know, she's still living in the woods. She's still kind of isolated from everything, but she got the opportunity to really be a kid. And, you know, it's definitely, you know, I loved whenever, uh, who was it? Was it uh, Lucas was talking about how Max had dumped him like five times. (laughs) Yes. Which is very much kind of like that grade school, junior high relationship. You know, there's always something that, you know, it's like, oh, I break up with you. I dump your ass. And then the next recess, they're back together again. Oh, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, you get them running around trying to find uh, a shiny gift and they go into <laughs> the jewelry store and it's, a um, you know, a $300, you know, was it a panda or something like that? Yeah. 
it was funny when he's like, we need to find something uh, shiny that says I'm sorry. And he's like, a shiny thing that says sorry? Yeah. Like, Mike was so literal about it. It's um, <laughs> funny. But I yeah. love that. I love that. Did you have anything else? Sorry, no, I, I mean, totally cut, it definitely cut you was, off. It was definitely kind of short. Again, it was just kind of, yeah. and I liked, uh, it definitely gave you that, gave you like the, the mall. You know, we didn't talk about it much last time, but that's really what the mall was. You're going shop to shop. Mm-hmm. It's packed. There's tons of people. And it seems like they had to take a bus to get there, which I guess it could have been in the city or close by. But, you know, like I always remember going to like the big city. It was like a two-hour drive to go to their mall because their mall was had so much more stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, like that's they might have had like a second floor even. <laughs> yeah. And this was a multi-story full, uh, mall too. Yeah. And you know, you really got that sense of like what it was like to be in be in a mall in the eighties, nineties, and uh, I, I really like that nostalgia feeling. You know, seeing like a Sam Goody, you know, Sam mm-hmm. Goodies I think are still around. I think they're like Fye or something now. But seeing a Sam Goody where you, you know you used to have to go and buy CDs, and that's I guess tapes even at some point. Yeah, records and cassette tapes at this uh, point. I'm, there might have been still some records around, but I think cassettes had finally moved in. I remember having cassette tapes in 1986 anyway, yeah, and um, CDs but I still had some 45s too. CDs would have probably been getting big at this point. I mean, it would probably been a little bit more expensive because I think you could have bought a CD player for like six grand or something ridiculous. Oh, yeah, craziness. I love that. Yeah, the whole scene at the mall is definitely kind of like what you saw in the 80s because that was definitely like the thing. But I love everything that you just said, and that actually leads into my number four. So I'll just jump off where you left off. That whole scene with Ellen Max. Max is my new hype girl. Yeah. Love her. That whole scene where uh, um, Ellen Max are rehashing that conversation with Mike that Elle had on the phone with him. Um Max says, he's a piece of shit. And she's like, what? She said, Mike doesn't have jack shit to do today. And his Nana obviously isn't sick. She goes, I guarantee you him and Lucas are playing Atari right now. And, you know, Elle says, but friends don't lie. And she says, yeah, well, boyfriends lie all the time. And I'm just like, yeah, you tell her, girl. Yeah, you tell her and, and let her know what is up. And so they concoct this whole plan. And in the meantime, they're kind of, you know, kind of intercutting between this, you know, um, L and Max to uh, Will and Lucas and Mike in the basement. Um, but Max tells her, she's like, you're going to stop calling him. You're going to ignore his calls. As far as you're concerned, he doesn't exist. Uh, he treated you like garbage. You're going to treat him like garbage. Give him a taste of his own medicine. And L says, give him the medicine. And she says, if he doesn't fix this, if he doesn't explain himself, dump his ass. There's more to life than stupid boys, you know. And I love that line. I love that uh, Max is giving her the confidence to be somebody without a boyfriend, that this being with a boyfriend doesn't define you. It doesn't make you who you are. You are your own person and that there is more to life than just having a boyfriend. And I think that that is kind of what, you know, I feel like we're getting stuck on because we do have, I mean, I feel like um, Lucas and Max have a pretty good grasp on that, that Max does see that there's other things than just being with Lucas and having a boyfriend, but like where Mac or uh, sorry, Mike and L are, they're so wrapped up in each oh, other. Yeah. They can't see outside of anything other than their relationship that's happening in that moment. So I love that Max finally is kind of like, you know, Hey, wake up. There's more to life. And not just that, 
But she also, like, when she does take her to the mall, um, and, you know, poor Elle. I mean, I don't like to shame anyone for their clothing, and I certainly wouldn't. But that poor girl looks like she's wearing Hopper's hand-me-downs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, These, yeah. you know, old flannel shirts, they're not very fitting, and they're certainly not very flattering, and certainly not fit for a girl of the 80s. Because the 80s was just full of fashion. Now, I'll admit, I, I did not relate very well to the clothing choices um, you know, as they're shopping at the Gap. And I mean, that was definitely present. There were girls in my class, you know, I was surrounded by girls that dressed like that, but I was um, dressing like um, 1986 Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> take, take that for what you will. I don't care. That's the way it was. Um, but anyway, the poor kiddo, she, she doesn't have a sense of self. And Max helps her out with that and shows her that there's more to life than just boys. And she helps her find an, you know, her identity to a sort. Because she, she tells her, she goes, she goes, well, how do I know what I like? And she goes, you know, well, you'll just know. Pick, pick something that's for you and not Hopper, not, you know, Mike. Pick something for you. And that's when she then, you know, she's, she's trying on all these clothes and she finds the things that she likes and that appeals to her. And I love that. Max, the, you know, uh, Hawkins, Indiana uh, feminist of, <laughs> of her day. I absolutely love that she did that for her. Because Elle, she doesn't know who she is. The poor girl was a science experiment for how many years? Yeah. You know, um, and that's all that she was used for. She wasn't, she didn't have a normal childhood. She wasn't able to develop normally at all. She wasn't given a loving, nurturing home with caring parents. She had, you know, this dark, twisty papa who just wanted her to spy on the Russians and perform all of these experiments. And then she's with Hopper, so her her circumstances have improved. She has someone that loves her and cares for her. Um, but poor Hopper is struggling in that department with a teenage girl and giving her, you know, the rounded, you know, um, you know how to be herself and kind of bringing that out in her. So good thing Max is around to help with that. I just love that. And then the scenes with Mike and Lucas and Will, where Lucas is then in turn, you know, trying to help Mike come up with this brilliant plan to get her or him back in her good graces. And it's hilarious because he tells Mike like he's a like he's an oh, expert. Yeah, yeah. He goes, "I wish you would have consulted me first. And it, <laughs> he just says it so. Uh, he's so self-assured when he says it and it's hilarious like you mentioned when he says Max broke up with him five times and he won her back every time like it was this victorious battle that he was able to bring her back in you know at least three of those times um, Max had every intention of of taking him back um, but he thought he was doing something oh, right oh yeah 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 you know um, so I, I loved all of that and so glad that you brought that up because that just really meshed well with my number four but I loved everything about that super fun at the mall the shops the clothes um, everything what's and, really um, cool too with, with Max because you see like what her brother Billy to put her through I, I wonder if mm-hmm. and well, how we left last season when she basically was pretty damn close to killing him to save uh, Billy <laughs> Or to save uh, yeah. Steve, if their whole dynamics change, if he's basically left her alone because right. of that. We haven't really seen that interaction with them, have we? No, because I know she seemed very timid in the first season that we saw her in season two. But in this season, she's got all of her confidence, too. So it's kind of like, hey, I th- this confidence thing's awesome. Like, you need to have this, too, Elle, and do things for mm-hmm. you. And, you know, like the whole scene with them having that photo shoot was like it got me a little giddy because it was kind of cool to see Elle in like a an atmosphere you've never seen her before. Yeah, like just 
friggin' be a kid, man. Just be carefree and silly and play some dress up. You know, oh gosh, those glamour shots. Does that <laughs> take us all back, right, from those times? Um, listeners from, from those times who was old as I am. Um, but yeah, it was fun just to see her cut loose. Everything's been so serious. We haven't had an opportunity to see that. Everything's been uh, fighting the upside down, fighting Demogorgon, saving the world, saving Will, and you know, all of these other things that they've had going on that, you know, now she gets a time to kind of shine and, and Max helped bring that out in her and give her a taste of that. So I love that. I think that's wonderful. You definitely can't go back now, you know, um, to the way that she was. So, and where the hell did they get the money for this stuff too? Yeah, that's a good point too. I know like they're kind of trying on clothes, but you know, this was the time too. I don't think you could have gotten a credit card very easy. Maybe, maybe they took one of Hopper's checks. That couple of his checks that might have might have been yeah. what they could have done. I don't know if they swiped some cash from one of the parents, slipped a little cash out of the wallet. I don't know. I've never done that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but you know, shopping at the Gap that's that's not cheap. You know, I mean, it's not like a, a super uh, expensive department store or anything. But Gap wasn't you know that. Um, inexpensive in the day. So I don't know. That was just this kind of a side. And I'm like, where are they getting the money for this? And Glamour Shots wasn't cheap either. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that this was like a different thing than Glamour Shots, but basically the same thing. I remember that was not free for uh, for sure. So anyway, sorry, that was my number four. What's your number four? Well, my number four, we've had Hairband Billy, and we, we think that's a great name for him, but I feel like <laughs> we've got to give him a new name. Okay. Oh, oh, I want to. Okay. Wait a minute. <clears throat> okay. What it? Lay it on me. It's going to have to be dark and scary. And I think we're going to have to start calling him Serial Killer Billy. <gasps> because, you think? yeah, because he, well, first off, the, the actor that plays Billy um, is his name. Dacre, Dacre Montgomery is how I've seen it pronounced. I might be wrong, but that's how I looked it up and that's what it said. I, I Last season, he was just he just played a straight dick the whole time. Mm-hmm. I like the range that we've gotten to see in this episode because I'm a big fan of when you see. Actors yes. act without saying words because that, that's mm-hmm. the most difficult thing in the world to do, in my opinion. Absolutely. And he played it well. I mean, I know it's, there's some camera tricks in there and stuff like that, but you know, like the scene when Mrs. Wheeler and we find out too, Mrs. Wheeler didn't go through with it. She didn't go. Yep. She had her family to think of. She's yep. like, sorry, she Billy. Conscience. I didn't go swim. I just stayed in the bathtub and I used my bathtub pillow. I saw this Netflix TV show called <laughs> You, and apparently you could do things with pillows that make things magical. So that's what I did. <laughs> that's one way <laughs> but you know we see her go in there and we see him like I thought it happened at first where he turns around and slams her head into the <gasps> wall right I and was like I, oh shit Karen <laughs> yeah it's like I was like well this isn't gonna end well but it was just in his head like he just like had these like presence of mind to do that but he didn't mm-hmm. but we see that the the female body lifeguard that was there he didn't not stop that and he ends up taking her to where he he wants him to take her, and the the whole, this like just the bits from this was great horror movie like one oh one. You know, mm-hmm. you've got the possession, you've got the like the Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing, you've got the um, mind control, like all kinds of really intriguing stuff. And you know, I thought with Billy, I thought we were going to see him actually gravitate towards this thing and want that. Right. But I like that he's he's doesn't want this either. Like maybe you'll see the softer side of Billy after this is over or get the Mm -hmm. idea that this isn't, he's not really all bad. Like we think he is. Right. But you know, he, we, we open up with him running from that, you know, mill or whatever it was. And what does he go to, to try to dial nine one one? 
goes to a payphone. Ah, yes. Does anyone know what a payphone is anymore on the side of the road? (laughs) And that's why, like, uh, I know Rob Zombie's always talked about this. He puts horror movies in, like, the 70s and 80s because, like, nowadays, and even the 90s to an extent, but, you know, if you tried to set one in the 2000s or now, it's like, oh, my God, my car broke down, AAA, and you're fine. On star. (laughs) Yeah. Back then, it's like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to go for a hike down this deserted road. Oh, zombie people. Or, you know, oh, hill Mm -hmm. people. It's definitely a lot more interesting, for sure. Yeah, and we get to see Upside Down Billy. He gets to interact with himself, which was really cool. what is up with that? Did it look like the sun was, like, boiling his skin? So, yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. This is actually, um, Billy is my number two, so I'll just go ahead and and, and discuss that with you and go over what I have. So, we... the heat and light, I'm looking at it a combination of the two, the heat from the sun plus also the light and brightness of the sun. Will, last season, when he was possessed, or whatever you want to call it, by the Mind Flayer, remember how he liked it really cold? He oh, had his yeah. room cold. He liked it really cold. And in order to uh, kind of, uh, ugh, I don't know if you want to say exercise uh, the demon out of him, uh, like an exorcism, but what they did was, is remember they cranked up, they brought all That's those space right, heaters, yeah. the fireplace, and they just immersed him with heat. Nancy went, poked him with a hot-ass poker when he was choking Joyce. So it seems this thing does not like heat um, or anything of the sort, like that bright lights and, and that. So that makes me think this is something, I don't know if it is the mind flare. I don't know if it's a different type of monster or something from the upside down. I don't know that we know that yet or are supposed to know, but it looks like it's affecting him the same way that it affected Will when he was taken over. So yes. I really enjoyed the acting from him. I'm I'm looking forward Mm -hmm. to see it. You know, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, Dracula uh, um, TV shows and movies. Dracula always finds like a, a henchman. And Billy's mm-hmm. kind of that henchman in this. I'm really excited to see what he can do in, in the rest of the season. But, but yeah. yeah, my number four is just our, our new nickname for uh, Billy. It's Serial Killer Billy. Serial Killer Billy. I hope that doesn't go. I mean, I know this does not look good for him at all. <laughs> this is what he, what he did there. But I'm hoping, I don't know, I'm hoping this can somehow be turned around and that he's being compelled by whatever it is taking him over um, and that he has no control um, and that at least it's not his own. Cause he looked really scared, right? Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, that's what, that's why I'm saying like the way he acted with just his, you know, physical uh, acting skills was, it was a guy who was scared. And in the moments when he was violent, it was like, it wasn't really him doing it. Like you got, right. You got that just of him feeling completely out of control of his own body. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. I don't know. We're going to have to see where that goes. Oh, um, my number three, this is just going to be short and sweet. Probably need to dedicate a lot more time to this character because she is quickly becoming one of my favorites, and that's Robin. Yeah. Oh, I am in just enjoying the hell out of her character. I think she is, I mean, this group is already great. They've already, I mean, when they started the series in season one, just with the kids alone, this core group of kids was absolutely fantastic. They hit the nose on the head with the casting of these kids and the dynamic and the chemistry that they all have. And you always worry, right? Or at least I worry. Sorry, I should just speak for myself. Uh, that anytime you've got a really great established show, you've got 
already have these really great characters and that anytime they introduce a new character or more than one character, I always get a little twitchy. I'm like, oh boy, how is this going to play out? You've already got this core group of kids or cast that have great chemistry. They meld really well together. What's it going to be like? You know, I try to be open-minded, but I always just have that little, you know, side fear in my head. They've done a really great job so far. They did introduce Max last season and Billy as well, her brother. I thought those characters mixed in really well. There were some others as well, but I'm thinking of like, you know, the main group. Uh, We had Bob. He was great, of course. So they've done a great job so far. And man, they're knocking it out of the park with Robin. So, you know, I I always worry again when I heard that she was being brought in as, as a new character. I thought, oh gosh, okay, please, please. I hope this really melds really well. Don't ruin my show. But in just two episodes, she's quickly becoming a favorite. She's smart. She's funny. Uh, We mentioned last week, uh, both of us mentioned how great of a balance that she was for calling Steve out, you know, on his BS. Yeah. Um, I love how they kind of rip off of each other a little bit. You know, they, they're kind of ribbing each other. And, you know, um, when he's talking with Dustin and he's, he'll just roll his eyes out and just be like, Oh, just ignore her or whatever. When, you know, and they both kind of give each other shit. So I love that. And of course her cool factor goes way up when you realize the actress that plays her is none other than the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. Yeah, perfect. I mean, fit. how how do you get much better than a character to you know to play in the '80s than these two um, iconic actors themselves? Um, beautiful, beautiful people. Um, their daughter Maya here is just absolutely gorgeous. She is a perfect meld of both of them. You can really see both Uma and Ethan uh, coming out in her. She's got the like best from both of them. She's doing a great job. I can't. I hope that she is in this even more and more like we just saw a bit of her in the first episode the second episode we definitely got a lot more i hope it continues that they really use her because it seems like she's really got some great talent um can't imagine where she got that from um (laughs) but it's but i really want to see her also i think that we've established a good relationship between her and steve uh, but now i really want to see her like with the rest of the group i want to see the rest of the group maybe nancy jonathan steve and and um robin or else robin and steve and the rest of the kids all get to interact i'd really love to see that interaction with them i have a feeling we probably will because even though we're all kind of starting out a little bit separate i have a feeling you know our kids always have a way of coming together because i know we're gonna have to be fighting some evil somewhere along the way so the group's got to come together and i'm super excited um to see that interaction what are your thoughts yeah i enjoyed like the the first time we saw her she seemed just to kind of have some pizzazz to her just you know she had like that uh the you know chemistry um It'd be just that, oh, what's it called where like you, you're like really charismatic. She seemed very mm-hmm. charismatic. Yes. And she seemed to like fit perfectly in with these like with, with Steve and Dustin and the kids and everything. And so getting to see her kind of rib them was just perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to, like you said, to see how she interacts with the, the bigger group. You know, at first you could have probably felt like she might have been a little stuck on herself or stuck up because she was kind of, <laughs> you know, you know, you have the you suck thing, but She's just that very kind of like the humor I enjoy is like somebody who doesn't mind ribbing somebody a little bit, little sarcastic. Like that's always up yes. my alley. So, well, um, she's got to keep Steve humble, you know. Yes, yeah, oh yeah, and that's <laughs> I love whenever you have a guy like Steve who he, he's definitely gotten my good graces now. But you know, somebody you can kind of put in your put is you're good at putting him in his place when need to be. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really excited to find out a little bit more about her too. It was really interesting. She is fluent in some languages and was really instrumental in helping decode this Russian uh, communication that Dustin was able to intercept. And uh, I, I can't help but feel maybe she's... Because all these kids... Um, and Steve is now in this place. He didn't start out that way when we met him. Steve was the cool guy, right? The guy that all the girls wanted to date. He was a rich guy or, you know, whatever. But he's a bit of a misfit himself and a little bit of an outcast, which I feel that, you know, Mike and Will and that whole core group, you know, they're all a bunch of little misfits and outcasts from their school is how their group or their school seems to kind of view that group. So they're all, you know, kind of different and outcasts. And I feel that in her own way, she's probably seen as that way too. That's why I think she would be a really great fit with the rest of them because she can, they can all really relate to each other. So I'm interested in learning more about her. And I, I just, I think she's doing great. Can't wait to see more. So that was my number three. What's yours? Well, my number three, I think, Ever since we started doing Stranger Things, there hasn't been a list where he hasn't shown up. And I feel like we've just added a new layer to it, and it is Drunk Hopper. Yay! It's sad, <laughs> but he's definitely a fun drunk, it seems. Um, you know, he gets this not date set up with Joyce. He shows up. He orders the Cavati. Cavati? He orders a couple things. I know he. the last thing he got was a Chianti. He, I think he ordered like three different like glasses of wine or something yeah. at that dinner <laughs> all you, at once. You feel bad. Um, and one, one of the things that I really kind of stood out is when he first sits down, he starts smoking at the table, which is definitely a thing from like the eighties and nineties yeah. that stopped. Like I think mid two thousands were smoking in restaurants and smoking anywhere really was just kind of completely outlawed. Yeah. There wasn't even a smoking section. Like yeah, it started oh, yeah. to like, okay, you can still smoke in restaurants, but you're in a smoking section that you're just in the middle. He's just in the middle of the damn room. <laughs> Fired yeah. up. You definitely don't see that. When, uh, when I was working in the sports bar in 2004, there was still a smoking section. And when really? I left in like 2008, I think a year after that's when they completely outlawed smoking in restaurants and bars and stuff where I'm originally from. So right. it's, de- I mean, that was 20 years after that, then that smoking was still done in places. And it's like, no, no, you're okay. Like there's this, there's a section and there's a wall there that keeps it from coming over. We have fans and stuff like it's fine. You you can't tell, you can't smell it or breathe it at all. (laughs) But my favorite line of the whole thing is after he's like, all right, like, you know, here's the bill. He calls the waiter the wrong name. And he picks Enzo. up Enzo, <laughs> and he picks up the bottle. And he's like, "Hey, you know, you can't, you can't take that out of here." And he's like, "I could do whatever I want. I'm the chief of the police." And yes. walks out with his bottle of booze. It's his little comfort after being stood up, stood yeah. up for science. Definitely deserved. Um, yeah, she kind of lost track of time there with the, the science experiment. But, but yeah, yeah, my number three is just drunk copper. Oh, and it was such a letdown, too, because, man, was he riding high that morning, oh, yeah. you know, when he realized that Mike has towed the line and decided to keep some of his distance from L, and he's enjoying those honey smacks, and he's having a good old time singing his song on the way to work. and He's got the Magnum P.I. shirt, like... That's right. That was a little Magnum yeah. PI-ish, wasn't it? May not it? have been directly from, but yeah, the stash had that. So yeah, it was definitely. He's definitely kind of going towards his his new idol for sure. 
I didn't even think of that because in the first episode when he's chomping on the tortilla chips and salsa when he was, you know, leaning backwards to to catch, you know, see what Mike and, and uh, L were doing. He was watching Magnum PI. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, Hopper's got a, a Magnum PI stash. I wasn't even thinking that he was watching the show and, you know, sees Magnum PI was set in Hawaii. So, of course, he's wearing lots of Hawaiian shirts, kind of the theme of the 80s and Hawaii itself. I know I thought, I thought everybody, whenever I was a kid watching Magnum PI, I thought everybody in Hawaii must have dressed like that. Everybody <laughs> drove red, like, what was it? Was it Ferrari? I think so, yeah. Drove. Something um, like that. Yeah, and the, they all wore those shorts. He wore the short 80 shorts and the uh, like board shorts and the uh, Hawaiian shirts. Not everybody in Hawaii dressed that way because why not? Tom Selleck does it. It's cool. Anyway, yeah, that was poor guy riding high that morning and then ends on a low, low. Oh, poor Hopper. Can't catch a break. Well, speaking of that, that kind of leads into my number two, and that's Mr. Clark, the science guy. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to see him back. Wasn't it great? Yes. And you know what he was painting? Those were D&D minis. Shut up. I was wondering, I knew that they're miniatures, and I thought, well, how perfect is it that uh, Mr. Clark has miniatures uh, it seems like a nerdy thing to do. And listen, I'm not I'm not giving crap to nerds because I'm a nerd. Okay, I'm like a big ass nerd, um, and I have been since I was a kid. So when I say nerd, uh, I say it with love as a fellow nerd. So just get that straight, guys. I'm not um, dogging on anyone for sure. But yeah, w- w- was it? Uh, I didn't. Well, that's right because Mike and the guys had little their little miniature characters, right? Um, when they played D&D, I guess I didn't see that, that it was, yeah, they, I thought maybe it was like one of those World War II or Revolutionary, Revolutionary War uh, miniatures or something. Yeah, I think they had, and, and I'm trying to actually remember if the miniatures would have been started to be painted at this time. Because um, I know they had like metal ones that were just pure metal. And I've got some of those, but like oh, the nice. minis like that, I mean, it's it takes such time to paint those. I can't do it because I don't have the patience for it, but I've had some people that do it for have done it for me, and it just takes so much time and so much. You know, you just have to be really precise with it. And it, hey, he's got the whole summer. That's true. Yeah, he's got the big <laughs> magnifying glass for to paint it, and it looked good. I'm, I think that was probably like a ranger, would be my guess. Yeah. Okay, that's great because I had no clue, and we all know I've talked about it before. I have not yet had a chance to play D and have expressed interest. I need to join a group. I need someone to take me into the fold and teach me. I want to learn. I don't know if I'll love it or not, but I feel like I have to after watching this show. But yeah, great introduction back to Mister Clark. I have missed this guy tremendously, and I didn't know he'd be back. I didn't know, you know, sometimes you hear this character's coming back or this person's been cast and this is who they're going to play. I had no clue we were going to see Mr. Clark again. So to me, it was a really pleasant surprise. Finally, something I didn't get spoiled on. Um, He's working on his miniatures and listening to Weird Al, (laughs) my baloney. I mean, absolutely perfect. This to me, sums up Mr. Clark perfectly. And I've always really had an affection for Mr. Clark. You and I have talked about him endlessly um, whenever he's been in the show in either seasons one or two. And I know for me, it's I like that he makes science fun. 
Yeah. Um, because I am a big old science nerd, but I don't I don't know a lot about science. So I like when someone when I have a teacher who's ex, you know teaching me and explaining it to me actually talks to me like Mr. Clark talks to you and doesn't you know patronize you or make you feel stupid because you don't know. I've had teachers you know that weren't so great that were like, why don't you know this? I'm like, well, I don't know because I'm in high school and I've never learned this before, and it's your job to teach me. So why would I just know it? I don't have a doc doctor in you know like chemistry science like you do? I don't know. So maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe I have some issues over that. I don't know. <laughs> but he makes science fun. And he reminds me of like a Bill Nye a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and I love Bill Nye. I think he's absolutely great. And I like, because in this episode when he's talking to Joyce, he talks to her like he does the kids in his class, you know, and he's, you know, brings it down to a level that she'll understand because he doesn't expect her to just know the things that he knows. And um, he doesn't make you feel dumb for it. And I just loved all of that. I thought he was absolutely fantastic in his explanation. Certainly some interesting information that came out of that. Like, what is going on? I mean, is there... Is there maybe something at the Hawkins lab causing this to happen? That'd be my guess. I mean, that's where everything kind of stems from from the previous season. So yeah, every, everything freaking ends and begins at the damn Hawkins lab, I guess. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll we'll figure that out as we go. But it was, I, I loved everything that he brought up. And just a little side note on Joyce, man, I love this woman. We've went on and on about her um, since we started podcasting on this show. Um, she di- she just dove right in to those huge science books. You know, she's yeah. at her little desk or whatever at the at the shop. These huge books that she's checked out from the library. She you know she doesn't have a clue, but she's determined to figure out what's going on. And she's so awesome that way. Like in season one, when she's determined to figure out what happened to Will in season one and not give up on him, she figures out the Christmas lights to communicate with him. I wouldn't have figured that shit out. Um, in season two, when she's using uh, Will's drawings to piece together a map to kind of help figure out what's going on, um, I don't know how the hell they made any sense out of those drawings to be able to piece together a map, but she figured it out. Um, so I, I got to give it to Joyce as well for the, that drive and determination to figure things out, and she knows she's in over her head, calls in Mr. Clark. I hope this isn't the only time that oh, we see him this season. Yeah, same same thing. And yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things like, you know, the mall's taking away jobs, but because since she had the opportunity to sit and study because she's not very busy at work, the mall mm-hmm. maybe has got a part to saving everybody's life. Who knows? I'm kind of doubting that at this point. I don't know. I've got some, I have these crazy, wild conspiracy theories. People are going to be like, you are sounding so dumb. Shut up with your conspiracy theories already. Um, The mall was a Russian plot to control Americans. I have that in my notes. (laughs) That's funny. Are you, are you peeking eyes on your own paper, Sean? Anyway, Mr. Clark was my number two. Before we jump into any conspiracy theories, Sean, what is your number two? Uh, my number two is just I love – I kind of didn't think about it because the, the kids all show up and see uh, Steve at the, the ice cream shop. And I didn't really put it together until the scene when uh, Dustin shows up at the, the ice cream shop for the first time and mm-hmm. realized that that was the first time that Dustin and Steve saw each other since he's been gone for a week. Yeah. So I love it. They call each other by their last names. They have a handshake that has, you know, a Star Wars theme in it. Yes. Uh, And it was kind of funny because, you know, like you said, Robin kind of like was making fun of them, but not in a sense of like, oh my God, you guys are losers, but more of kind of like, just like, 
a, a little ribbing, like part of the group. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that Dustin obviously is confiding into Steve for his secret mission. And you talked about it a little bit before, but now they have the secret mission to figure out what's going on with this Russian stuff. And I, I find it funny that the whole time Steve couldn't get the song out of his head. And what we find out is that song was played outside of the ice cream shop on a, you know, like a mechanical horse type thing. Little Indiana Flyer. Yeah. It was called. Yeah. So that kind of goes to what you Maybe your conspiracy theory is that, you know, this Russian thing is not in Russia. It's here in the States. Yes. But what did you think of seeing those two get back together and kind of this trio getting together to figure out this Russian message? I loved it. It's it's that slow introduction. As I mentioned, I was I'm really hoping that we get Robin kind of being incorporated into the group, so she just naturally becomes. Because I, I think she's a great fit. She's kind of her own person, but she would meld well with the rest of these kids. As I mentioned, they all seem to be kind of misfits in their own way. So I think she'd be a great addition to the group. Um, so I think that this was a nice little slow acclimation. She's already gotten this working relationship in this. Uh, relationship that she has with Steve where they kind of give each other crap all the time, but now she's meeting Dustin. So that's a slow bringing her into the fold, getting her to know some of those kids. And she had the great line, uh, how many children are you friends with? You know, when <laughs> Steve and Dustin are doing their little, you know, um, excitement over seeing each other, their little dance and handshake. It was so adorable seeing them two together and how genuine it was, right? Didn't that seem really genuine? And that you can see that real genuine affection that they have for each other and that it warmed my heart knowing that that stood strong, you know, that that was maintained. It wasn't just a season two thing, you know, that they had built this relationship that has held together. And for the whole month that Dustin was gone, it's still, you know, and and then there's, you know, he's, chowing on the ice cream um, and they're able to just kind of pick up where they left off. He's able to confide in him like, hey, the guys dumped me on my first day back and, you know, that was crap. And then he confides in him about the uh, the uh, Russian conversation that he's picked up on. Um, so I love that they were able to just kind of jump in right where they left off and that their relationship is just as strong as what it was where we left it in season two. Warmed my heart. I love that. I completely agree. I love it. So that leads us now to our big number one. Big number one. Well, you talked about it already. I saved my number one for Billy, and uh, I want the real Billy to please stand up. Because, <laughs> like you said, and we, preferably we got, at the pool with his shirt off. Always. There's no other way to be. Um, that's just a rule. I'm sorry. I don't make these things up. I just I uh, I just communicate those rules and abide by them. Um, but that was really really weird, uh, that whole thing. Uh, but Billy did survive. We had that question. Like we weren't quite sure. Like I had faith that he probably wasn't going anywhere right away. Um, but still this show, you just, you don't know what's going to happen. So we do find out, yes, whatever it was that happened to him when he got sucked into the, uh, basement or whatever it was at that, that building, he did survive, but what the hell happened to him? Um, he doesn't understand of course what's happening to him, but he, he's having these flashbacks and he can kind of, you know, you see, we see kind of like what he is seeing in these flashbacks. I had this total alien moment that 
thing over his face. Yeah. It was like that alien sucker face. So it makes me think something implanted itself inside of him and then maybe slowly taking over. Um, I don't know. That's just I'm like I said, I'm I only can go by like alien, so that's kind of what I'm I'm going off of and, and kind of how Billy's behaving throughout this episode. Um so we see that. We get this flash of him that he was somehow taken to the upside down. How the hell did he that's get what it looked like, yeah. there? Yeah. So we get that vision of like the red lightning, it looks like the ash falling. Then yeah, there there's this double of him. Uh, and I'm like, okay. Is is that a real double? Is this just something that is a projection of of Billy that they're you know using or whatever? Um, and then what the hell? There was a group of like almost like kids behind yeah, was- him. What the hell? Do you? I, I I'm gonna start with my conspiracy theories now, um, or crazy theories. We'll say maybe not conspiracy, but crazy theories. We'll have a whole segment. Remus crazy theories. Um, could those? Kids behind him be our kids? Duplicates that's, of our kids? That's Maybe. what I was expecting. I mean, you definitely like, all right, so my kid loves Scooby-Doo. I've been watching a lot of Scooby-Doo recently. There's a whole hmm. episode about like the bad versions of the, the Scooby gang. And that's oh. what we could see here. You get to the upside down version or maybe that's where like the the upside down isn't really just this other world. It's like another dimension where all these other things exist. So that's a really interesting thing to kind of kind of explore. Or... I just thought of this as we were sitting here talking it out and thinking that, you know, the, these faceless, because they're in shadow. You don't see faces. You just see bodies. They look human-ish, um, but we don't see faces or anything. We just kind of see the profiles. The only one that comes out into the light is this duplicate of Billy. Did this thing, when it had its whatever sucker thing over his over Billy's face, was, was did that enable this creature, whatever it is, produce a copy of Billy. And that's why he kidnapped that girl is to, they're going to make all of these like clone copies of the people of Hawkins and they're going to take over the freaking town. Did I just figure this out? I think so. Yeah. It's the body snatchers. They're (laughs) 3d printing their bodies. So like these blank, I'm calling them blank forms that are standing behind the upside down. Billy are just these forms waiting to, like steal the identity or the form off of the 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 things people that like this girl this lifeguard that I don't know her name I'm sorry um that he he's saying okay well here's your next person so now we're going to see another one of her pop up just like this thing of, of Billy like they're just going to take over and that's what they're going to do like this invasion of bodies and that's a, another good reference by the way um or uh, what's the the step for wives kind of that kind of similar idea oh, although I think yeah. they were robots those were robots, yes, but yeah, kind of a similar thing there. So, um, so yeah, we get we get that so far with Billy, the poor kid. I'm starting to feel just a little bit bad for him. I know he's an asshole, but does he really deserve this? I don't think so. Um, I mean, he almost killed Steve, so he probably kind of <laughs> deserves it. I feel like at this point, he's probably got his comeuppance on that. I don't know. I think that this he's he's paid his dues at this point with what he's going through. This seems pretty damn terrifying, and it, and I. That was some really good acting, like you mentioned earlier. You know, he really did genuinely seem scared and confused, and I'm I'm kind of feeling for him just a little bit. But was he drinking ammonia at the pool when Karen oh, came yeah, in and was talking was. to him? It, it it 
looked like he had lowered the ammonia bottle from his uh, of course we only see his back and he's lowering it but i thought it suspiciously like he had been drinking mm-hmm. that and i'm or just maybe just smelling it or something but yeah oh, probably drinking gosh. it yo well, that'll wake you up you know that's what they use in like smelling salts is ammonia it's Ugh. that ammonia um, that they pop open and it Oh, that'll wake you up, let me tell you. Um, so, okay, then my next question was, what the hell is he going to do with that girl he kidnapped? I think I've answered my own question. I think That's the theory I would say, is because either either to feed, but I like your idea better of it's kind of to make a copy. Well, because what, what did that other upside-down Billy tell him? He said, um, he goes, what do you want? And he goes, to build. I yeah. want you to build. And he said, to build what? He said, what you see. And I thought he meant like the upside down, but I think it's, it, I, I like, cause that's actually my number one is want to build. Mm-hmm. And I like your ideas that he basically wants to create the upside down or a vision of himself on the upside down by making these 3d printed versions of everybody. Yeah. I think he's I like just going to make these, yeah, these copies, clones, whatever you want to refer to them. Uh, and, and, you know, take the real people out of the equation and just replace everyone with these upside down copies of, of people and, help and take over continually spreading like the, the death and roots did in you know yeah. season two, just kind of keeps spreading throughout the world and take over. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I love about like, this feels like it should have been the Halloween season because it's going to be so dark and scary and Halloween feeling. But I love that it's around the summer 4th of July timeframe. I think it just makes that horniness like so much more scary. I know. And man, you just want to have a damn summer. It's just like right now. I mean, we just had 4th of July. We're in the middle of summer. Just want to have a damn nice summer already. It's short enough as it is. Can we please just enjoy it? We got to have freaking Demogorgons or Mind Flayers and Upside Downs, Russians jacking shit up. Um, Anyway, well, I'm going to have to sit on that number one and I'm going to have to just process uh, my little epiphany that I just had. So that's all I had to say about that. But you said your number one was kind of in that same realm. Did you have anything else you want to say about that? I think we kind of touch on that. So I'll I'll just jump into some of my notes if that's cool. Let's Um, do notes. So I thought it was funny that at 932, uh, Eleven had to call uh, Mike Mm -hmm. and ask where he was. House phones. (laughs) Again, this is like something that... (laughs) You know, in our house, we did have two phones, and that was a thing. If you're on the phone, like your sister would jump on the other line, or your mom would pick it up, and yes. you had to yell at them to get off the phone. So that was a cool, cool little callback. Yeah, they're still um, yelling at the Wheeler house, that's for sure. Uh, Happy Hop, we talked about him a little bit. We had a little bit about the mayor, and mm-hmm. you know, we, we learned that this, that this isn't a great mayor. He just kind of wants to win re-election, so he's going to throw the biggest 4th of July party ever. Yeah, we definitely can't overlook Mayor Klein. He's in my notes, too. Uh, Super excited for our introduction to Mayor Klein and yay, Carrie Elvis. Um, But yeah, he's not a very nice guy, huh? And is he not a guy that in every movie or show he's in, he looks completely different? He is, in some, he looks the same. And then others, he can. He's got a little bit of something to him that it feels like he can look a little different. I've noticed he's aged a little bit. Yeah, that, I kind of noticed that with this. But like in yeah. Liar Liar, mm-hmm. it took me years to figure out that that's who that was. It took the, me to the end of the movie to freaking realize that that's who that was. And yeah, I'm and like, like oh. you dumbass. That was Carrie <laughs> Elwes the whole time. How did you not know that? The um, claw. The claw. The claw. It's going to get you. It's going <laughs> to get you. <ya. laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, we see a rat that was trapped by that little old lady who had one of the best lines of this one where she talks about her husband who died 10 years ago. And the, the kids that show up are you know like, oh, we're sorry to hear that. And she's like, oh, no, I kind of like the quiet. I kind of like the quiet. She's, she knows what's up. But unfortunately, they miss the, the rat exploding, and, but we get to see it. I thought like it was turning into like a demigorgon kind of thing. That's the gist I got. I I I could have went my entire life without seeing that. It was bad enough in the first episode we had the exploding rats. Now yeah. this one this week we got one that was extra juicy and it freaking slithers across the freaking basement floor. Gross. I did not need to see a pile of slime that can't come, you know, is basically either come to life or still alive and skivvy uh, I just, I can't deal. That was disgusting. I mean, in a really great way. I mean, I love to be scared, uh, but that was disgusting. Again, I think I'm never going to eat while watching this show ever again. Uh, Not this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. I had two final, like, I think great lines from this. Um, I mean, we had the I dump your ass, which I think should be on a t-shirt and should be all over. Um, When we find out that, I don't know, Rima, what's your opinion on this? Is kissing better without teeth? I will be honest and say I have never um, experienced that um, from either side. <laughs> I um, and I I don't know. I <laughs> it was a very oh, awkward man. statement from Dustin, which you wouldn't expect any less. I won't. My mind goes into dirty, dirty places, <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about. Um, no teeth and things. So, um, I don't know. I've never experienced that. We'll just have to take Susie's word for it. I'm going to, and if it makes Dustin happy that she is like, you know what, baby, I love you with or without your teeth. It's even better than good for them. And my last favorite line is when Hopper gets his shirt, he says, what, this is cutting edge stuff. (sighs) Just love that guy. It's fashion, man. Keep up to date. I love that guy. Um, A few of my notes. We talked a little bit about the magnets. What the hell is up with the magnets? You know, I know Mm. that's not an answer that we have today. It's just a question I'm kind of throwing out there. What the hell is going on? What is this giant electromagnetic field that Mr. Clark and Joyce were talking about? What the hell is going on? Um, Time for crazy theory. Are Russians running the damn mall? Um, did they build it like as a front for something like the opening of the Upside Down, something to do with Hawkins Lab? Is the mayor involved? We know he's pretty happy with them all being there. I swear. Okay, so think back because I didn't catch this until second watch. The Russian guy that Hopper bumped into when he's leaving that restaurant so we saw that guy, right? We kind of just got a quick glimpse of his face, and I wish I had paid more attention to the back of his head because I swear, just before Hopper was getting ready to go into the mayor's office, he's outside in like the little waiting area sitting in a chair, and then who do you – there's like a person yep. walking away from the mayor's office holding like a motorcycle helmet, and you just see the back of his head. Was that that Russian guy? Yep, because I, I thought it was going to be the mayor at first. Like the mayor was like this badass dude who rode a bike, but no, oh, it, yeah, it was the same cool. Russian guy. Okay, so I, at least I know I'm not so far-fetched with my crazy ideas. So I wonder how 
like, is the mayor corrupt? I mean, he doesn't seem, I won't say evil, at least at this point. I'm, we're only on episode two, so we'll hold judgment. Um, but clearly could be slightly corrupt. Definitely not maybe a super nice guy. Definitely um, kind of giving you that stereotypical politician um, kind of uh, personality. Um, what was my other note? Oh, we already talked about Hopper messing or, or, or jamming. Sorry to don't me- you don't mess around with Jim, which is a you know classic by Jim Croce. That was amazing. Always great uh, songs in in these episodes. Um, oh, really funny with Nancy and her boss. Uh, she oh you yeah. Know, Brings up, um, I have lady problems, and he nearly chokes on his coffee. Um, I, I uh, love that. I love anytime you can get a good, uh, an old man and get him get him talking about lady yeah. problems and how uncomfortable it makes them. Cracks me up. I always find it funny when dudes like get like it's like oh she said period oh god it's like oh, yes no. women have things that happen like it's it's whatever like get over it dude grow up exactly it happens to everyone yeah. unfortunately. We don't like it any more than anyone else, but hey, it happens and it's part of nature and it's natural. So get over yourself. Um, so yeah, I always just love that because get over it. Uh, you already talked about uh, the I dump your ass and then cold as ice um, came on was absolute perfection. Like you said, that needs to be on a t-shirt. I dump your <laughs> ass. We'll probably see that next week. Um, I'm curious. So the rats in... Um, the, oh gosh, Mrs. Driscoll, I'm going to try and get her name right. I'm going to try not to have amnesia every time I get behind this microphone when I sit down every week. Um, Mrs. Driscoll, they were eating her fertilizer in the basement. There are some fertilizers that contain ammonia. Oh, good call. So they're eating this fertilizer that I think has ammonia in it. And then Billy, I think, was drinking ammonia. I wonder what the hell that is about. I'm guessing we'll find out. And then we have this mysterious Russian code. The week is long. The silver cat feeds when blue meets yellow in the West. That's all I got. I haven't cracked it yet. I'll keep working on it guys, but I just thought um, putting that out there and see where, where it goes. That's all I have. For notes. Oh, great, great notes. Oh, such a good episode. Like I said, after this is over, I'm going to go watch episode three and prep for next week. But before we jump into our letters from the Upside Down, which we got a bunch of, let's hear another word from this week's sponsor. So this is a great time to catch up with some of your favorite Stranger Things characters um, before season three ends, at least ends for us, um, by diving into the official Stranger Things books. You can learn more about Chief Hopper's old life as an NYPD detective in Stranger Things, Darkness on the Edge of Town by Adam Christopher. Discover the never-before-told backstory of Dig Dug Maven, Max Mayfield, in Stranger Things, Runaway Max by Brenna Ivanovoff. Stranger Things, Darkness on the Edge of Town, and Runaway Max are on sale now, wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Yeah, they need to come out with a new one where they talk about Elle's relationships, and it's called Cold as Ice. I dump his ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So now we get to one of our favorite portions of the podcast, and that's our list, uh, letters from the Upside Down, our listener feedback portion. Our first one comes from Holly McMiller. So love this episode. Steve playing the dad role again is so awesome, and Robin is starting to grow on me. Max bonding with Elle is nice, but this may backfire. 
Seeing all the old sto- old stores made me nostalgic. I was five to six years old during the time of the 80s, but still have fond memories of all the stores and going shopping during the late 80s. Lucas's sister's sass game is on point. We have really neglected not talking true. like really at all about Erica. She is just as sassy um, as when we met her last season, and I'm in love with it. Absolutely. She's great. Yeah, we got to talk more about Erica. Rachel Teal says, I want Elle's new outfit. <laughs> Fran Bernstein, my two favorite couples, Max and Elle and Steve and Dustin. So good. <laughs> Lindsay Schlick says, Steve the D and Dustin's reunion was too cute. They make such a great team and Robin is a nice addition to the group. Eleven getting the chance to be a teenage girl was so sweet. I need to know where this was filmed. They did such an amazing job of recreating an 80s mall. I live in Phoenix and most of our malls have died or are on their way out so it's cool to see them again the rat blob creature thing was interesting we saw a baby demodog last season with dart and he didn't look like a blob so i'm curious if we are getting a new monster good theory Lindsay. i think you're probably on the right track eric Erica N. Furter, I love the Steve, Dustin, Robin dynamic. Maya Hawk, I think she looks more like Ethan than Uma, is fantastic as Robin, witty, sarcastic, and smart. Like to see what more is going to be, what more she is going to bring. Me too. Danielle Flugman Semino, sorry if I butchered your name, you know I'm terrible, um, says, Can we talk about Billy's gross mustache? <laughs> Hmm. More importantly, Max helps Elle find her style. Also, with what money? Elle in 80s clothes is probably the best thing that's happened in this series, with the photo shoot being a very close second and Hopper's new shirt being right behind that. Yeah, I, you know, his mustache was not the greatest. It was not as full as Hopper's. Um, I think he's riding that thing pretty good. But you know what? That was the thing in the 80s, especially around the Magnum P.I. era. Every guy I knew had a Tom Selleck. If if they were able to grow one, and even if they could, they had those scraggly little mustaches like poor Billy. It wasn't that great. Um, Yeah, my dad rocked the porn stash, too, back in his 80s pictures. Like, you see him, I'm like, why'd you do that? Like, that looks weird and creepy. Don't ever do that again, Dad. Tom Selleck, man. Tom Selleck. He still rocks that to this day, doesn't he? Or does he have a full beard now? I thought he this last show that he was on, I think Blue Bloods, I think yeah. he shaved it off. Oh. But he rocked it for way beyond. I mean, he gets a pass. He's Tom Selleck. He is Magnum P.I. So if he wants to rock that stash till he dies, I'm on board with that. Uh, but he's the only one that can pull it off these days. Um, but, you know, I think it's kind of making a comeback. I'm starting to see some guys flaunt some stashes now. Yeah, I've seen him kind of do like the big twirly ones. Listen, I'm, I'll just do a full beard. I'm not going to rock yeah. a stash. Like that's that's just I've always been creeped game? out by him. No, not your facial not hair game. Although, like, because because I know a lot of people probably relate Tom Selleck, but it always seems more like a porn stash to me. <laughs> like I saw I see him more in in those '80s '70s films than I did in like Tom Selleck. But that's going to be like scarred the, yeah, by yeah, the you know. '70s and '80s porn. It's like oh, old people porn. <laughs> Uh, so we got a couple of emails. So, hey guys, I just finished watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers, aka Season 3, Episode 2 of Strange Indeed. At least at this point, this seems to be how the Upside Down is working this season. See, everybody's on the same page as us, Rima. I know, I'm saying. 
I understand why Billy was so rattled. If I saw a clone army of myself, I'd freak out too. I mean, I know myself and can barely handle one of me. I think I have way less of a creepy. I have way less of a creep than Billy. <laughs> I feel like the slug-like creature, for lack of a better name, may be struggling with our planet, though. You know, since we have this mass of incandescent gas known as the sun, and the creatures from the upside down can't survive heat and all. Mm. Poor Nana. She keeps getting closer to death and doesn't even know it. <laughs> Speaking of rattled, Mike is so wanting to help Hopper happy. Wait. Speaking of rattled, Mike is so wanting to keep Hopper happy. He is sacrificing his relationship with Elle. Though it does look like a few of the boys are having to deal with learning that love bites. Love bleeds. (laughs) (laughs) Love scars. The mall day with Elle and Max brought that youthfulness to the show, and it looks like Dustin and Steve have added their own little nerd pack. This episode reminded me of the movie The Faculty. Oh, good call. Oh, yeah. Which I know, which I know, I know was a homage to the Body Snatchers. Also loved hearing Weird Al in the Garage. So great. Can't wait to hear your views on the show. Josh DeWaley. That was a really great email. Oh, The um, Faculty was a good movie, too. It's I, very underrated. Right. Yeah, I forget about that one. That one was pretty great. Thanks for bringing that up, Josh. Thank, thanks for all those great points. Um, next one we have, hello, Rima and Sean. First time writing in. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks, and, Holly. Um, hope to hear more from you. Um, just discovered your podcast, and I'm enjoying it. I've binged the whole season, and man, this has to be my favorite season. Looking forward to the next episode, and I'm going to try to send in feedback for the second episode and rewatch along with you. No complaints in rewatching this again, because who knows how much was missed during the first go-around. Holly from Wisconsin. Thanks awesome. for writing in, Holly. Yeah, nice I hear love hearing you. about that. Because I, I know like a lot of people binge these shows, but... It's the thing like we talked about, like we like to do it week to week, one to kind of just get into like deep dive into it. And plus you kind of get to make it last longer. Yes. Draw it out a little bit. It's over so soon when they're all released at once. And even then, like you don't have to rewatch with us if you don't want to, if you've already binged it. But even just that you get back into the episode and re-listen to it just brings all that stuff back to the front, the forefront for you. So thanks for rewatching with us, Holly. It's awesome. Uh, Will, so our next email. So Will is so very precious and I need him protected at all costs. I relate to him the most. He's attached to his childhood and those friends are moving on. Not to mention is some ways they come from different worlds. It's been made clear last season that the Byers family is from the lesser off part of society. So his struggle really is getting to me. That boy needs counseling. Erica's, isn't it time for you to die? To Lucas asking, isn't it time for her to be home? Had me laughing for a really long time. Till next time, Chris. Love that. I guess um, anyone with uh, an older or younger sibling understands those struggles for sure. Not Erica. Next email. Hello, Rima and Sean. Cowabunga. Was that a great first episode or what? I'm rewatching um, all the episodes because I already binged. I found that you miss a lot while binging, so a rewatch with your podcast is just the ticket. Even my husband liked the series. Thank you for your detailed analysis. It makes the show even better. Sean, the yogurt place was called TCBY, the country's best yogurt. Oh, that's right. Good to know. I forgot about that. Rima, I remember waterproof makeup in the 80s. I'm sorry you sprayed your face (laughs) with hairspray. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
God, I'm reading this for the first time, so it's really um, cracking me up. Sorry. I don't remember water. I remember waterproof mascara. I don't remember other waterproof makeup. I was just ahead of my time. I was priming my face. <laughs> there, are, there are spray primers now. I was just ahead of my time. But thank you for your concern. I did have some watery eyes uh, many times after doing that. Um, she also says, did you see that carpet in Starcourt? What a fancy mall. <laughs> Thanks for this strange indeed shout out. I nearly ran off the road. Oh, don't run off the road. <laughs> totally tubular, Elizabeth in California. Uh, oh, it's thanks, so good Elizabeth. to hear from you, Elizabeth. Yeah. I know that you always come around to us. Um, she's reached out to me before um, on Instagram and such that, you know, she typically only um, really kind of hangs with us for stranger things. So super excited to have you back with us, Elizabeth. And that's a really great email. Thank, thank you so much. Um, we also have a couple of voicemails um, this week. The first one we have is from our good friend, Steve Brown. How many children are you friends with? <laughs> hey, straight, hey, Raymond Sean, it's How Steve. Many children are you I just finished watching Mallrats. Sorry. I get a lot of notes, so I'm going to uh, try to keep this as short as possible. A um, couple of explanations, though, or exclamations. The Russians are in Hawkins? Crazy. Um, <laughs> This episode made me way more nostalgic and uh, helped made me remember the 80s so well. I loved it. I was I was turning 15 the summer of 85, and I remember the uh, the change in the atmosphere as you guys talked about uh, with the episode one, how how things changed from the early 80s to the mid 80s, and uh, just really really liked it. I remember my uh, high school freshman class, freshman and sophomore class, we were the fluorescents because uh, we wore so much neon and fluorescent. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't care if people know how old I am. Um, why does Hopper still make 11 follow the rules? Aren't they clear of everything? Or isn't she supposed to be clear? I, wasn't, I didn't understand that. Um, the answer to what science teachers do in the summer, they play with trains and listen to Weird Al. Um, uh, <laughs> Will really is disrespectful to adults. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, and uh, just last thing is uh, hated hated seeing Hopper getting stood up, but loved that how he takes the wine bottle and walks out of the restaurant saying, I'm the chief of police. I can do what I want. And uh, don't worry, Mike. Uh, it's just Elle's first time of dumping you. Lucas has been dumped five times. Um I think that's it. I have a bunch more notes, but I'm going to wrap it up because I don't want to go too long. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. That was so great. He's always got some really great insight. You know, I was thinking about that too. He brought up a good point about the, like, Elle not being allowed to, like, go to the mall. Like, she's still having to keep herself closed off from everyone and can't be out. Didn't Dr. Owens say in the finale, like, a, like I would do like a year. Like, did he mean that she shouldn't really go out much for a year? She should kind of keep it on the down low for like a year. Um, Probably. I would think like the down low. But again, like this has only been like nine months. So it's still kind of short of that full year that they've kind of let things settle down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I might have to go back and rewatch that. I'm not really sure that that was explicit in the rules what that year meant. Um, but yeah, that's a really good point. Um, we also have another voicemail from our good friend, Laura Willie Swink. Rima and Sean, we are back 
in Hawkins, Indiana, and I couldn't be happier. I love this show. Every season has filled me with so much fun and fear and heartfelt goodness. I'm just so glad that Stranger Things is back with us again. It's so good to see the gang again. They're a little older and wiser, but they still are just kids and doing kid-like things like falling in love for the first time and meeting new friends and having new adventures. I was so glad to see that Eleven finally found a gal pal in Max and that Max is showing her how to be a regular teenage girl, going to the mall, taking photos, acting silly, spying on boys. It was just really sweet and had so much fun watching those two be regular teenage girls. Um, each season of Stranger Things seems to have had a different uh, 80s movie homage to it, like season one had several homages to E.T. Season two seemed to have a lot of references to Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and this season I am seriously feeling the Invasion of the Body Snatchers vibe as um, what is left of the Upside Down seems to be taking over at least Billy, and he seems to have gathered himself a new recruit in um, Heather, the female lifeguard. So we'll see. Um, I'm so glad that you guys are back podcasting on the flagship show. That's hard to say. And um, I laughed my pants off when you guys started talking about um, disciplining in the 80s and how you could backhand the kids because just that weekend, we had some friends and family in town. Uh, the kids were playing, kids being kids, just goofing around. And um, my husband's friend, who is my girl's godfather and a bit of a smartass, told them that they should settle down <laughs> or he was going to parent them 80s style. And I nearly <laughs> choked on my beer laughing at that. And I was just laughing at you guys talking about the differing parenting styles when we grew up because... For sure, my dad had no issues with trying to reach back and smack the two of us when we were misbehaving in the backseat of the car. So, I had so much fun with the last podcast. I know I'm going to have the, a lot of fun with this one, and I am going to have so much fun this season. Welcome back to Stranger Things. Oh, I love that. Thank uh, you, Laura. Thanks. And welcome back to you. Good to have you back with us. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you what, you know, if I wasn't already super excited about this season and podcasting about Stranger Things, the infectious energy from our listeners and all of their feedback, that would be enough to bring me in if you're not already excited. Because these guys, they're so great in everything that they keep telling or the feedback that they're sharing and their thoughts and their feelings and how joyous that they are to have it back if you weren't already excited that's all that you needed because you guys are great thank you so much guys we've had some great feedback we might have even had a few that came in past the deadline i might have just saw a couple that slipped through our email i promise i will get those on the next episode so even if they're season uh, or there i go season and episodes even <laughs> if they're episode two i will still um, include them for um, episode three because i want to hear everybody's thoughts. So please, please, um, you know, don't, don't be disheartened. If you didn't hear it this week, I will totally include it in next week. Thank you everyone so much for sharing, you know, that great energy and positivity with us. Um, I love you guys. I do. 
Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, if you have any comments on episode one, two, or three, feel free to get them to us, and we'll get them in the episode, even if it's not that specific episode we're recovering. We love hearing what you guys have to say. Absolutely. All right, so next week we'll be covering the third episode from season three, titled Chapter Three, The Case of the Missing Lifeguard. The description of this episode is, with Ellen Max looking for Billy, Will declares a day without girls. <laughs> Steve and Dustin go on a stakeout, and Joyce and Hopper return to Hawkins Lab. Uh-oh. That's what you said. You said, is it all going to Hawkins Lab? And looks like it might be. Uh, maybe. You know, I don't read these beforehand either. I haven't read any descriptions. I am staying away, you guys will notice. And you probably don't care. And if you don't, then good. If you do, then I'm sorry. Just not having a lot of news because everything um, is spoilery right now, and I'm trying yeah, to avoid being spoiled. So have to just be careful. Like even I just mean, scrolling. Yes, just scrolling, and people are putting things in headlines. I mean, these are like actual um, news outlets, not just people on the internet spoiling things. These are actually news outlets, just right in a headline. So I'm just trying to read my daily news, and I'm scrolling through, and I'm seeing things, and I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, scroll faster. Um, so I'm not poking around much, guys. Um, so if you're missing the news, listen. If you just go Google it, you're gonna find everything that you need if you're curious. But um. I can't wait. I'm I'm like you. I'm getting ready to go jump off of here and go watch episode three immediately. Um, and I we're really excited for you to travel to Hawkins, Indiana with us. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Teacast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger Teacast and on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. So much podcastica goodness, you just won't know what to do with yourself. There's so many great content out there. Go, Be sure to check all of them out because there's some great podcasting, great hosts and co-hosts and guests. Um, you won't you, you won't have a dull car ride anymore i can promise you that and speaking of great podcasts make sure to check out sean in his other podcast the language of bromance that comes out every sunday oh uh, yeah like we said last week if you guys can get the opportunity please go to podcastawards.com and register and vote for strange indeed for tv and film award and language of bromance for comedy we'd really appreciate it we'd like to make their slate which is where they pick the top five or ten podcasts from the the entries. They take those, they give those to a committee that reads, listens to the episodes and picks the winners, and we would love to make that slate. Oh my gosh, would I love it. That would be a true test of my waterproof makeup, because if we got (laughs) nominated, I'm going to cry, and then we'll test it out and see how well it holds up. And I'll let everybody know what they do when you make the slate. You have to make a video of your acceptance even if you don't necessarily win. So they would get a chance to see you cry, Rima. If Wait, that's what? not for real? Oh uh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm rethinking this whole thing. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, that would be a test of my waterproof makeup because I will cry if we actually got um, nominated. If you guys want to see me cry, then uh, you know what you got to do. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show, episode 94, chapter two The Mall Rats. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Holly McMiller is strange indeed.